Welcome to another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Tight global commodity stocks are a concern in the markets, especially in wheat. Joe Glauber, Senior Research Fellow at the International Food Policy Research Institute, says the tight stocks are making the markets jumpy. If you remember 2007-8 and 2010-11, every report USDA put out would get a reaction, right? Because the market with tight stocks, any little piece of information is important information. We see this in, in just the look at the implied volatilities in the market right now, look at the reactions to any sort of news. So I think that we look at the Monday crop condition report. Everyone's looking at that and seeing what's going on with the wheat crop, looking at planning progress. There's millions of press stories about that stuff because it really matters right now. Supplies are Tight. We need more of a lot of commodities, not just wheat. He says the markets will eventually work through the high commodity prices, making it difficult for some countries to import food. I do think that the markets will take care of this. The big problem is the uncertainty in, in Ukraine itself. I don't think there's any early resolution to that right now. That's from my perspective. So I think this uncertainty is going to remain with us. It doesn't help that we have a wheat crop that's not in great shape right now. It doesn't help that plantings are behind. The markets are going to work through this ultimately. My concern from the standpoint of humanitarian aspects is that prices are just really high. And for poor countries and others who are facing these larger import bills, they need assistance. And Glauber says he understands that people want to do something to combat the high prices and food insecurity. However, he says paying farmers to plant extra crops this year might not be the right idea. Farmers have plenty of incentives right now. I mean, prices are really high, and I don't think that we need to be telling farmers what they should be planting. I think the market's saying very clearly what needs to be planted. My own feeling is that the markets will take care of this. It's just going to take time. Again, that's former USDA Chief Economist Joe Glauber, now with the International Food Policy Research Institute. American beef producers located in the central U.S. have a lot of challenges to deal with, but anthrax might not be the first challenge that comes to mind. Dr. Russ Daly is an extension veterinarian with South Dakota State University. While bioterrorism is the first thing some may think of when it comes to anthrax, Daly says it's something beef producers deal with regularly. It's a disease that we hear about on the news as far as being a terrorism threat and some pretty nasty things that it can do to people. A lot of us remember the powder in the envelopes back in the early 2000s where they were sent all over and killed some people. But anthrax is something that we deal with in cattle pretty much every year in this part of the country. The bacteria are found in the soil and form a spore when exposed to the air. Those spores are resistant to high temperatures and freezing conditions and can live in soil for a long time. Specific environmental conditions can make those spores more accessible to cattle. One of them is drought conditions when animals are grazing the pastures closer to the ground so they can eat more of the soil or maybe even inhale some dust while they're grazing. That's the one thing. But what we've also come to realize is that in instances where pastures have been flooded or have some temporary standing water out on pastures is that kind of disrupts or roils up the spores from the soil. And then when that water dries back up, those spores are still washed up on the grass and more available for cattle to eat them too. So it's not just drought, it's not just flooding, but it can be those different situations that make cattle more likely to pick them up. Daly says anthrax in cattle can be hard to spot because it works quickly. 
There is not any real set of signs in cattle that persist for very long periods of time because once the disease starts in cattle, it progresses so rapidly that we very rarely see sick cattle from it. We just find them dead. So when the bacteria gets into the body of the cow or the bull, it has this good chance to replicate and regenerate from the spore form into the reproductive form of the bacteria. And then it produces a toxin that just goes all over the body and rapidly damages multiple organ systems. And so we rarely will see any sick animals. We'll just find them dead out on pasture. He says any unexplained death loss means it's important to have a veterinarian determine the cause. There is one visible sign producers might see in otherwise healthy cattle who suddenly die in the pasture. One thing that people notice on these carcasses when they're laying out there in pasture is the presence of unclotted blood coming from the nose or coming from the rectum of the animal. That can be a tip-off that anthrax is there. For some reason, that same anthrax toxin that kills the animal also interferes with blood clotting after death, so that can be a clue. While the Dakotas are more prone to anthrax, he says producers in states stretching from North Dakota down through Texas need to remain vigilant about anthrax in their herds. If you find anthrax in dead cattle, producers need to protect themselves and then talk to their vets about proper disposal methods. Do you ever wonder if your deworming program is working like it should? Performing routine diagnostic tests can help you find out. Dr. John Davidson, Senior Associate Director of Beef Professional Services at Beringer Ingelheim, shares his advice on diagnostic testing and how to set your deworming program up for success. Really, it comes down to managing what you measure. That's an adage that's often repeated. We can make similar parallels to what we do with nutrition and testing forage for our cattle. Ultimately, you want to see how well the products that you're using are working in your herd at your location. So the opportunity is to do a very basic, inexpensive evaluation or analysis of manure samples and see what the the population of parasites is and ultimately how the cattle are responding to treatment as it relates to what happens in subsequent samples that are collected. Dr. Davidson says there are two diagnostic tests available. You can initially start out with basic surveillance, how wormy are the cattle. You can follow up with how well do the cattle respond to treatment, and that's done by following behind the same number of cattle. You would sample those cattle at the time of treatment and then sample those cattle 10 to 14 days later, and you want to look at the reduction, and you expect a 90% reduction minimum over that baseline collection, and that is called the fecal leg count reduction test, and that is really the gold standard of an evaluation the efficacy of a deworming strategy further. Once those organisms are recovered, those eggs can actually be hatched out in a laboratory setting. Then a trained professional can determine what species of parasite are present. And he says there are also management issues to consider situations where I've seen deworming failures. There has been just a gap in the management of the cattle on the premise. So forage management, pasture management, stocking rates are things to to continually keep in mind. We know that the parasites are going to reside at the lower levels of the grass. And if we overgraze, cattle are grazing much closer to the ground, the transmission is really elevated. So the stewardship of the forage resource is really as critical as the timely treatment with certain products. The other thing is using the diagnostic testing, using products according to label, making sure that we are treating 
working with compounds and, and products that we have a lot of faith and confidence in that we're treating at the right dosage. Collectively, those are the things that I think will help ensure that the parasite program that you have employed that your ranch and, and cattle operation will serve you well. That's Dr. John Davidson, Senior Associate Director of Beef Professional Services and Behringer Ingelheim. This has been American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great day.